Welcome to the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Joe and Ron are self-proclaimed teacher nerds geeking out on all things education. They are looking to move educational practices out of the 1900s factory worker model to a student-driven classroom full of empathetic, creative, and collaborative students willing to take risks. Join them as they chat with educators from around the world, discussing educational tools, techniques, ideas, policies, and much more. Thank you for listening and becoming one of the Teacher Nerds. And now a word from a sponsor. On this episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast, Joe and Ron continue their conversation with Sean Young, creator and CEO of Classcraft. We discuss the current generation of students, what school is like for them, how educators need to redesign learning to fit the needs of students, and how Classcraft can fit into it all. Buckle up and get ready to learn with Sean Young from Classcraft. And now, let's get into the show. Have you heard about the nerds? What's the word? Teaching nerds. You can tweet them out on Twitter. You can find them on the gram. After listening to their podcast, you'd be sitting there like, bam! Trying to take the teaching from one level to the next. Reaching up to Canada and down to Mexico. Gotta go. Teaching nudes. Start the show. Funny you would say that. And Ron, you know, we talk about increasing student scores. So, Sean, I don't know if you know, but up there, like down here, there's a little bit of a pandemic and our world shut down yep, for a yep, little yep, bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it happened to everybody. How did it? <laughs> I didn't know because they just well, put our. It didn't happen out. in Texas. Sorry. Our, our state. <laughs> so so we just like our state. The Florida. Out, or our our school scores for the standardized testing just came out, um, and they they were low. They were mm-hmm. very low, and mm-hmm. the kids that were taking the tests like had the the that they were taking those tests before, right? Like yeah, they were in yeah, third grade yeah. and everything. Oh, it's such a hot mess. Um, and that's what everyone's focused on. Let's increase the test learning scores. loss, learning loss. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's increase yeah, the yeah. test scores. Let's increase yep. and oh god, the behaviors are off the chart. Behaviors are yep. off the chart. Yep. Three hundred percent increase in now. negative behaviors from now versus twenty nineteen. What oh what like uh what do you say that again? Sa- there's uh d- data coming out that says that there's a three hundred percent increase in negative behaviors today versus 2019 levels yeah well uh, not surprising anybody's in a classroom today will tell you like duh yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's different. that's a huge number yeah yeah that's crazy where were you going with that though joe i cut you off I, uh, just the fact that this seems like the perfect thing to try because yeah, if, it, if yeah. it is going to increase better behaviors and increase mm-hmm. math scores or any school, any academic. Well, I, I say math. That's right. Math math scores. Math scores. Yeah, I was focusing on those math scores. Yeah. yeah. Um, win-win. Well, but you know, think about it. Like these kids spent two years without any behavior, anybody teaching them how to be good students. Right. And well, be- behavior or that, grit, right? Behavior that's right. Well, that's right. Behavior and or we grit. put them, we put them in a context where you know what? We, we told them, hey, everything you can learn in school, you actually don't have to go to school to learn it. 
think about that for a sec, what we've told this generation. And and that was true anyways. Like anything you could learn in elementary school and high school, you could probably just learn on Wikipedia if you're motivated. Like just go through all of Khan Academy. Like you got it. Right. Um, so so like what's the value of physically coming to school? Like there's, that's a question for this generation and, and for this generation of teachers, you know, and and I like an analogy that I like to, to think about when I th- to talk about this is like, this is maybe less true now because we're not buying music, we're just streaming it. But like, hey, guys, I remember when we used to buy CDs, right? Um, <laughs> you would pay, you know, 20 bucks for a piece of content, right? Like 10 tracks. And that was content. And then you would pay an exponentially bigger amount to, you know, take your go see Metallica live. Live, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to pay $300 for the exact same content. It's the same tracks. Right. So like, what is the value? And the value is in the experience. Like, that's what I have more uh, of at this concert. I've got a live in-person experience with lots of other people. I'm sharing a collective moment. I'm getting way more out of it than just listening to the same exact content. And that's kind of what school it needs to yeah. be today. Because this content is all online. It's all Khan Academy for free, you know, Wikipedia. You can get it all. You can get the CD for free. Why am I going to invest my energy, my time as a student to go to this building if all I'm getting played back is the same CD? I need a concert. Like, and that's like, we need to shift our thinking about like, how are we designing learning? How are we designing this to be an experience? And that's where the game comes in. Because games are also a made up designed experience, just like a concert. Um, And and we need to rethink the role school has to play in that context, because what's going to otherwise, what's going to happen is more and more virtual schooling. And kids are just like, why would I sit through all of that? I don't want to go. Parents are going to say, you know what, just finish it at home, like finish your schooling at home. And I don't think we're serving kids by doing that. There's a lot they can learn and get from being in school from a social and and human perspective. We just need to remember to focus on that. I like the word experience as opposed to like trying to make it a concert, right? Like, but, but make it, but like the analogy of a concert, like make it something you want to go to. That's um, right. And participate in and not just go there and and sit there. Yep. Yeah, $300 right. to sit at the back with like, a, you know, <laughs> earplugs on. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> now, is there a, like a grade level or age where you say like Classcraft kind of connects with like, you know, I'm thinking like third grade to obviously high school it could go into. Does it go down into like kindergarten, K-1-2, you know? Yeah, so we we actually have teachers using Classcraft in every single grade level. Wow. Um, there's a few reasons for that. Uh, the place we see the most teachers is like five through eight. Middle school is like, and I think it's because there are more behavioral challenges. We're also moved out from mm. the like one teacher all day elementary right. school to multiple teachers. There's more uh, there's more opportunities for students to you know not have positive intervention and not get positive feedback and then just move on to another teacher and start all over. So there's, I think there's, there's more needs. And in high school, we see a lot of like, you know, shut up and study or get out of here. Like that's our classroom (laughs) management, you know, in in 12th grade, Uh, if you're not happy, there's a door, you know? Um, So, so we see a lot of usage at middle school, but it works across all of that. And and the reason is, I think there's two. So reason number one is you can put whatever you want in there. 
So if you like, we have kindergarten teachers where they'll put, instead of writing out behaviors in class graph, they'll just put emojis and like, you don't Mm. even need to read like, you know, like, Hey, this like sneaker emoji means, you know, whatever, don't run or whatever. And that's what you'll get points Mm. for. Um, This smiley huggy emoji means being nice to somebody else. Like the reality is that you can put whatever you want in there. Um, So it works across any curriculum, any grade, any context, now, the second thing is the class craft is like everything we've been talking about, all the game stuff. That's like the pro you've unlocked all the features in class craft. There's actually four phases as you go through your journey as a new class craft teacher. And the first phase is like there aren't even any characters or avatars. It's super simple. It's literally just give kids points and they can earn privileges, powers. That's it. There's no... None of all this volume meter. There's we didn't even talk about boss battles and there's classcraft. They can fight <laughs> monsters and like there's all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, but you don't have to turn that on. So if you're working with little kiddos, you know, you can just put the simple version. You can, and then there's four levels that go from like, you know, discovering to mastery. And the as you use the platform, it knows it's like, hey, you've given out a lot of points you're clearly using this. Like, I think you'd be ready to like unlock this next feature. And the teacher so, like, can it, level up. The teacher can level up. We call <laughs> it the class progression and the class oh. has a level. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and, and it's funny, Joe, that you say that like one of our most asked for features of all time is teachers want avatars too. <laughs> 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 no joke. <laughs> See, I, but, as I'm not, I grew up during the eighties when Nintendo just came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, same. had an Atari. What was Coleco Vision? Yeah, younger yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, but I still never got into it. As opposed mm. to once I beat Tecmo Bowl and Contra, I was yeah. done. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I that was the last real games that I ever wanted to play. Um, so I don't get it, but I know it doesn't. It's not about me at this I, point in the game. It's about you know what I get. I want the kids to to do. I want the kids to behave a certain way. And if you want them to want to be there, you know, and care, I want them. And and I'll I'll say two things to what you just said. The first one is like, yes, it is about them. And I commend you for saying that. And if you're like, oh, I don't know about games. Like, I don't care your kids do. And if you want to connect with them, like you should at least pretend to be interested. Um, Or talk to them about it. Right. Like have, have those open conversations and ask questions for sure. That's right. The second thing that I would say, though, is like, okay, maybe you're not into video games, Joe, but humanity has been playing games since the Stone Age. And if you if you can watch football or you know, my favorite analogy for this is golfing and think about golfing just for a sec. I don't know if you've ever if you like golf, you're a surfer, you're more like you were talking. No, I I, I have a great golf swing, but I can't stand I can't play 18 holes because I go nuts. It's so long. It's boring. It's uh, I I understand the game. All right. So, you know, the rules. But if you didn't know about the rules. I would say, hey, Joe, take this ball, go put it in that hole, right? Like, that's the point of golfing, right? Like, what's the task of golf? Like, that's the task, right? Yep. And if I told you to do that, you'd probably just grab the ball, walk over, you know, walk 400 yards, drop it in the hole and be like, man, that sucked. And (laughs) and I'd be like, hey, you know what, Joe? I actually, I need you to do that 500 times. (laughs) 
And then you would say, that's work. You got to pay me. <laughs> and then I would say, oh, sorry, sorry. I forgot to explain this thing to you. Here's a bag of sticks. We'll call them clubs just to give them a name. But these are metal sticks and you're going to have to hit the ball with it. And you know what? There's like, they're all different. Here's a whole bag. Figure it out. <laughs> and you don't get an infinite number of shots here. Sorry. You actually got to, you know, count your shots here and do it in the least amount of shots possible. And you know, that hoodie you're wearing, sorry, you got to go home and change. You actually, (laughs) you can't even do this thing with that hoodie on. Sorry. And, and what I've done there, maybe not for you, but for a lot of people, what I've done is taken an experience where I'm going to have to pay you to get you to do it a lot of times into one where people are paying their own money to do it. Right. Well, same task. I've switched the rules around and created meaning out of something that's meaningless and converted it into something where I have to pay you extrinsic motivator to do it into something that is an intrinsic motivator. You want to do it. And that's what gamification is doing. School for kids is like put the ball in the hole. They don't want to be there. They have to do it. We can take the same task, the same situation and redesign it so that all of a sudden they actually do want to be there just like every golfer gets up on a Sunday at 6 a.m. to go drive balls. And that's not video games. This is sports. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. And that's right. That's what I love. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what I think is a great part of it. Um, and you call it as a human like that's you want to win. Right. Like it's, it's, we're motivated by situations where we feel competent. Absolutely. Either where we're good or we feel like we're progressing. You're not a gamer, but I'll, I'll go back to your heyday. Remember Tetris? Yeah. Okay. 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 You played that game. game. There you go. There you go. Okay. Tetris on Game Boy. How many hours did you ever play that? So Game Boy was my brother. So if I could steal it from him, because at that point, so I was, yeah, I was probably in late middle school by then. Um, playing more sports than the game. So he got the, he got the, the, the game boy. I think Sega Genesis was out then. Yeah. Um, now, yep. not that I didn't play, but they, those were his toys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tetris oh. was my, one of my go-to games and, and I don't consider myself a puzzle person or right. a gamer. And, and I liked playing that game. Yeah. And think, weird, about it, I guess. think about it dojo. Like that game was black and white. I know a, a two inch <laughs> screen, right? On game boy. I played <laughs> on game boy as well. And the most repetitive game you've ever played. Yeah. Think about it. All you're doing is dropping lines, dropping rocks, try to make lines, do that till you die, and then start over. Literally, that's the whole game. And in those days, you couldn't share your Tetris points. You couldn't go online. You couldn't couldn't even tell anybody about them. All you could do is look at it like, oh, I got 90,000 points, not bad, Um, and then start over. And the points in Tetris are such an interesting mechanism because all they do is tell you how good you are compared to yourself. That's it. And that is enough to get you to want to do it again and again and again and again. We're motivated by situations where we're feeling competent. I had 70,000. Now I have 90,000. Now I have 120,000. I'm going to try to beat that. But by doing the most repetitive, frankly, let's call it what it is, pointless thing ever, hours and hours of grinding this repetitive experience just so that you can feel like you're getting better at something. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty fascinating. Those are the types of feedback loops we need to have in school. Not, Hey, you're always going to have 65 on math. I need to communicate to kids. You are getting better every single day and about everything that they're doing. If we want them to be motivated. And that's, I want to win. I want to win at being a student, right? And grades don't communicate winning to most kids. They communicate, you suck terribly to most kids. 
Like unless you're a straight A kid, like for most kids, their grades just tell them they suck. Unless and that's the feedback the, we're giving them. <laughs> pre-test, post-test some math. Like, well, you got a 35 on the pre-test, but you got a 65 on the post-test. So you did, yes. you did grow, uh, but you're right. 65. Overnight, <laughs> but it's not all the work you did before. the. <laughs> I agree with you, <laughs> but I just, I'm just, uh, the conditions in which we put those pre-test, post-tests as well. Like if right. I do the pre-test, like it's for kids, like I don't care. It's just a pre-test. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course I got 35. I knew it was a pretest and I didn't study. And then I crammed the night before to like, cause I needed to pass. Uh, but anyways, I taught high schoolers. I was just going to say that. I'm a 16 year old. Yeah. There you go. That's how he's working. Right. Sounds like Dylan. Yeah. What Rod and I always say like the best part about this podcast is I feel like we grow as, as, Mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. and and teachers um and i think that's what it's all about because i've heard that before in workshops i've gone to oh you shouldn't have them put marks on the board i'm like you don't know the environment we're building like mm-hmm. we we try from the very beginning it's a community it's okay to screw up it's okay to put a strike on the board because you come into mar- like you know you, you yeah. build all that because yeah. it is okay to screw up but when i'm arguing with parents i guess i'm at the age now i'm like you know what screw it will will change like there's still mm-hmm. going to be something there's still going to be some they got to be held accountable but if people feel uncomfortable that's not you know well. it's that's it's all in the, it's all in the framing because we have people use classcraft and all they do is take away hearts they never give experience points to kids they only ever focus on the negative behaviors and the kids hate it sure yeah. Yeah. of course they hate it they never win like <laughs> right you're setting them like you're setting that, them like, to not win like, like why play the game uh, that's you right you know and so you can misuse anything and to your right. point about strikes like if you if it's super clear that it's okay and like there's right. ways to frame that where it's super cool and it's okay and it's just a mechanism and i've used uh, it for you years. know i i don't i just feel like it's it's a different breed and if it's if it's if it's a different breed coming up then then I have to make adjustments. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this is like, you know, this is perfect timing. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I will tell you something about different breed. I gave a lot of talks about like Gen Z kids and what's different about them and, you know, how they're different. You know, I'm a millennial, how they're different from millennials. Um, and um, there's a couple things that maybe will give you some insights of, uh, that would be interesting for you here. The first one is they're 60% more likely to develop anxiety, stress, and feelings of chronic loneliness. So these are just generally more fragile people Mm -hmm. from a a mental health standpoint. But what's interesting is they're also a generation that has grown up with hyper-personalization. And like when my kid was two, we were watching two and a half. And this was his first experience with cable TV because he'd always had Netflix, right? We were watching kids shows on it. And so we're watching cable TV at at like the hotel or whatever. And he's like, put me another episode of that. I'm like, you can't, you got to watch whatever's up. Like, and and he just couldn't get it. And like, why? Oh, oh, why? So uh, why? Like, why? Like, not only are you not putting another episode, you're not even putting another cartoon. I got all these ads. What are these? Like change it. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't. Hyper-personalized. That's right. These are kids that are growing up expecting content to be curated to them. 
And when I say content, I mean, all of Netflix, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But once they get older, social media, that's all that it is. YouTube is always giving them, they're all on YouTube. So YouTube is giving them personalized recommendations about things that they like. And think about the experience of a video game. This is, again, videos or games are their main cultural experience. This is a thing where you're at the center of the universe and the whole universe responds to you. Like they come into school and they expect that from school. They expect hyper-personalization. And unfortunately, strikes are like the opposite of that, Uh, (laughs) right? And and it's not because strikes are bad. It's like it completely goes against how they've been exposed to culture. So, and is is the second part of that and Classcraft is good. Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two, what you call it, like the two, um, the two nuggets that you just dropped about Gen Z, yeah. right? Is yeah. the second thing you said, is that a reason for the first? Why there is so much anxiety? Oh, totally. Yeah, yes. Mental stress because everything's they're making a lot of them. choices, and they're they and the thing with hyper personalization is you're expected to make choices all the time as well. What do you want to watch? What do you want to play? What do you want to do? When I was four, I just watched whatever the heck was on TV. Nobody right, asked my you opinion. Had three channels. <laughs> that's right, and we changed them with a big box, a big yeah, brown right, box, right? right? Well, <laughs> like Ron, you know, right? we, that's. That's what we say. Well, those kids will never know. Oh, I missed when uh, a Christmas story came out back in 1986 and I didn't see it the first year it was aired. No, I had to wait a whole nother year and I I had no clue what the kids were talking about on the bus. Right. Yeah, that's right. What they'll know is like, oh, my God, I can't watch, you know, I can't watch Pokemon eight times in a row. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like that's that's how they're exposed to culture. And and that's why we you know, there's. We need to adapt some of the ways that we approach them because it generates anxiety for them. Like they expect to make choices all the time. Um, and when choices are made for them, they expect them to be super personalized to them. Right. Now, another reason they have anxiety is like a lot of these kids were, you know, um, born in around 2008. So they like they saw their parents lose their jobs. Recession. They, yep. There's a recession. Yep. They are growing up in a world where the job 65% of kids that are in elementary school today, the jobs that they're going to do don't exist yet. Right. Yep. Like, so they live in a time where like, what are you going to be when I grow up? I don't even, I don't know. I don't even know what's available and neither do we, by the way. Right. And they're growing in a time where there's, it's uncertain even what the state of the environment's going to be like. That's a huge, like eco anxiety is massive for this generation. And as it should be, there's, more and more, you know, like whether or not you believe in climate change, I think, you know, I'll go on record and say, I think it's a given at this point. But even if you're, you cannot deny that there's more and more, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, like weather phenomenon, the, the weather phenomenon, let's just call it that, like nature is more uncertain than ever before. Um, and so these are kids that are growing up in that context as well. Like the, the general context is anxiety inducing. Now, add on top of that, the idea that you should be in control of your destiny and make all these choices, even from a young age. And and you're creating like really high stress situations every day for these kids. Um, And so, you know, I think we need to take take that as an opportunity, like being able to know that, like being open in our eyes as we interact with kids and know that that's where they're coming from is super empowering because it helps you understand them, helps you, you know, adapt you know, just do a lateral shift of what you know works, but, you know, 
bring it in a language that they understand and still be able to build them up to that's right to to, to, well, to fight through rigor and that's to, right and to battle through when <laughs> this stuff hits the fan um, well and the kids that the kids of tomorrow that need to graduate from school they need to be lifelong learners right that's like the world is super uncertain how are you going to be successful as an adult in 20 years by being able to constantly develop new skills, being able to adapt to different situations, mm. be able to learn on your own, be able to develop your skills yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, be able to adapt to change. Like all the things that we're seeing in terms of where we're going to be 30 years from now, we have no idea, but we know it's going to be full of change. And so we need to help kids who are, as a generation, ill-equipped to deal with change and help them be able to do that. And, you know, part of that's grit, part of that's, you know, perseverance. Part of that is also giving them strategies to be able to learn themselves better, like try, fail and try again. You know, like for example, they need to know that it's okay to get it wrong and come back and and try again to learn, you know, cause that's, that's a, that's a learning behavior. When I learned how to code on my own, I didn't like, Oh, I have a bug. Therefore I'm going to go cry. And it's like, okay, I'll try to figure it out. I'll problem solve it. Like, you know, and, 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 and that's what, that's the type of attitude that, the learners of today need to develop to be successful citizens of tomorrow. Well, I was even thinking, as you said that, like, just think about, you know, not talking about jobs that don't even exist yet, but you know, when, when I was a kid again, like late seventies, early eighties, my dad had the same job from when he was 18 years old till he retired. Mm -hmm. Right. There is very rarely now somebody who stays in the same job at the same company, their entire adult life. Totally. Right. So you need to be able to pivot and shift and, you know, be your own advocate, you know, have that gig economy kind of mentality of Mm -hmm. even if I don't have this job, I can still go make money because I'm creative. I can, you know, I can learn about coding. I can teach myself or use videos or whatever it is to help me learn. And yeah. I don't know that platform, but I'm comfortable on platforms. And oh, look at that! This right. works on this one too, and and yeah. be fluid like that for sure. That's right. That's right. And th- those are you know, and the and that's that's our challenge with this generation is the kids that are to school today. We need to help them do that, and they're they are good at learning platforms and stuff, right? But they're super stressed out about it. <laughs> I think. You know? uh, so we we have now a second episode once we Yeah, there's a whole learn, other podcast well, here. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking second part episode two. <laughs> part two on teachers leveling up right through all that yep, stuff. And that's then part right. three would be what we just talked about at the end there. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. anxiety with students and would you generation Z and there's that, it, that it's, it, there's macro trends happening right now that are completely changing the profession for teachers in ways that they don't understand. Well, and, and, and the, our, we have a new teacher in that just started in Jersey with everything. Now she's 25. She's going to be teaching for 40 years. Yep. She's going to be teaching for 40 years. If she wants if the, she pension, from, yeah, the benefits yeah. and, and all the bells and whistles that comes with it. I, I, I think that's a whole nother issue. You know, that's interesting. I'm, uh, she may also live to be 150. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world is changing my friends. Yeah, yeah. All right. I guess I didn't think about that, but, but yeah. I'll tell you what I've been, I've been reading, uh, 
uh, Yuval Harari, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend it. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting potential changes on the horizon. I don't know if I'd want to live to 150. Am I healthy at 150? Well, well, that's yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you're 100 years old is like you being 40 in a year lifespan. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother's 97 and she just moved into a home. She till 96, she was living on her own. Yeah. And, um, you know, all of her friends, her, you know, my grandfather died. All of her friends have passed away And you know, there's a real, like, why am I still alive? Like yeah. thing going on with her, but at the same time, she's like, I'm hanging out with the young kids at the, at dinner, you know, 82 year olds. <laughs> 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 like I hang out with the kiddos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you started off. My aunt is seventy-eight. Like you know, like yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's it must be so strange to live, you know, outlive Queen Elizabeth, you know, right? Um, but she, I, uh, I was with her recently, and she, uh, she's telling me about. Oh, I went to this party once, and you know, it was after this Cuba missile thing and <laughs> you know and, and her brother-in-law was in the air force and uh and he did all the radar images that he, he would fly drones uh, like back in the 60s for the military and like the images from the bay of pigs like he's the one who took those Damn. and so and so he disappeared for six days while we were there in, in florida and then finally he came back and there was this big party and so i went to the party and there was jfk and i sh- shook his hand oh and <laughs> And we're just sitting there like having coffee. I'm like, the things you've lived, like it's unbelievable in a hundred years. I can't believe yeah. it. Um, anyways, we digress. Thank you so much, guys. I, uh, I'm sure you have enough <laughs> or maybe we will I do a finish too. Stuff. For sure. I'd, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I would, I would gladly do that yeah. for sure. Um, so where can people, you know, like find Classcraft or you or on social media or on the web? So Easiest way, classcraft.com. Um, any teacher can sign up for a free account. Uh, there's a ton of features. A lot of what we talked about is just part of the free account. So, you know, no reason not to go in and poke around and try it. If you're interested in these topics, uh, you know, you can follow us on social media. We're on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, and we're starting to do some TikTok. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're with the cool kids. Look out. Uh, that's right. Classcraft Games is our handle on, on most of those platforms. And, you know, on our, we also have a resource hub with 680 pedagogical guides, articles, about all of this stuff we've been writing about this stuff for years um so ton of resources out there to help teachers um but you know my my number one piece of advice is don't be afraid to commit to it um even if you don't know what you're getting into the truth is a the kids will know they immediately know and get excited but two um you know, we said it and I'll repeat it here. This is super important. Whether it's Classcraft or not, you should be thinking about how to create culture, positive culture in your classroom, how to connect with these kids, how to teach them to be better people, not just control them. Um, so whether that's Classcraft or not, um, please work on that. I think that's A, makes teachers' lives easier, but also it's going to be, I think that's what kids need today uh, the most. Uh, well, I got to say, I mean, Joe, I'll, I'll let you... S- talking aside, but I mean, I came, you know, into this thing and uh, we're going to learn a little bit about Classcraft, which we did and is awesome and, you know, can't wait to try it. But I think there was so much more that we touched on, you know, that was really just 
you know, mind blowing and really gave us a lot, me a lot to think about. I think what you just said at the end, I mean, that's what says it all. Like you're like, whether it's class cash or not do it. Cause it's right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, set, them, right. set them up, not because I said so, but because it helps us to be better people, better humans. Um, I think that's a sound, that's a, that's a sound bite right there. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that's yeah. the commercial, whatever we want to do. Um, maybe put, you know, leave whether it's class craft or not out, you know, because we want, <laughs> we want it to Thanks. be class craft. Yep. <laughs> but this is why you do it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't going to say anything, but the fact that it's free, what are you going to lose? That's what right. Are you that's lose? right. No. And there's no time limit. There's no student limit. There's no class limit or anything. And when you upgrade, you get a lot more swag for your kids. So, uh, and analytics and, you know, that type of stuff, like pro features, but a lot of teachers upgrade just for the swag, to be (laughs) honest, but that's cool. That means the kids really like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks guys. This has been fascinating. I mean it, if you want to do another episode, let's do it. But, uh, but I really appreciated our conversation. It was great getting to know you both. Thanks. You too. Thanks for joining us for our second episode with Sean Young, creator of Classcraft. Please join us in April for another episode with Sean Young and Julia Fliss as we discuss learning and Generation Z and Alpha. Teacher nerds, teacher nerds, knocking on your door. Open up, let's take your teaching further than before. Give it a try, don't be shy, there's nothing there to lose. Worst thing that happens, kids get pain on their shoes. We're talking teacher nerds, I'm talking teacher nerds. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, or anywhere you listen. When you subscribe, be sure to give us a review and tell a friend. Visit us at teachernerds.com. Follow us on Twitter at teachernerds, on Instagram at teachernerdspodcast, or email us teachernerds at gmail.com. And remember, we're nerds with a Z. Most importantly, Thank you for listening and becoming one of the teacher nerds.